Hello, and welcome to Knowledge Transfer, the podcast where we turn you on to new ideas, theories, and content to stimulate your intellect and give you something to think about. We've talked in the past about the growing world of esports and how this new phenomenon is taking the world by storm. Today, we are joined by my longtime friend and fellow esports enthusiast, John Hoyt. He is here to talk to us about his experience realizing his dream of becoming an esports commentator, what the culture of esports scene is like, and the skills he uses every time he gets in front of the mic to, ca- to cast a match. So, welcome, John, and thanks for coming on. What is up with it, man? How's it going? Doing pretty well. So, we've known each other for a pretty long time now. Too long, some might say. <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, it was back in uh, 2012. Yep. I first walked through the uh, the doors of Battlegrounds Gaming. Definitely. So that's kind of where we we know each other. We're uh, both um, big Magic the Gathering fans. Although I would never admit it in public. Yes, exactly. This is uh, this is to be kept on the down low. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I walk, I like searched uh, random you know Magic stores. One of my friends had gotten me back into Magic after I got back on the East Coast and uh, ended up going to Battlegrounds. And John was the um, the resident expert. And I don't know what, what would you say your title was. It's it's definitely not you. You're not a Benalil, but no, no. I think it's manager. Um, okay. Sometimes I tell people entertainer as well. Good friend. There's a lot of things on on the resume. Yeah, no. I think one of the best attributes about gaming stores is they don't necessarily feel like like a strict business. Right. It, it always feels like a nice like community. So I definitely think you have, you as kind of like the den master. You know, exactly. the, like. You know the guy who uh, gets to run everything and keeps everything like well socially lubricated. Exactly. So tell us, how did you get up to becoming a, a caster? What you know, what took John from this point of battlegrounds manager to revered esports commentator? Well, a series of coincidences is probably the best way to put it. But it's a pretty straightforward story. I am a big fan of esports, as you mentioned in the intro, as I've mentioned my entire life. And uh, one of my favorite games to play is Super Smash Brothers. I've been playing Super Smash Brothers since uh, 2006. And in late 2014, Super Smash Brothers came out for the Wii U. I started going to tournaments, and I was having a blast with the game. So sometime around 2015, I would say, a new store opened up, and there was a stream. And there was a commentary setup, and there was an open chair. I sat down, and I have a pretty solid background as far as like uh, coaching in other esports goes. Uh, just playing the game for a long time at that point, I said I can tell some people about this game. I know a lot about it. I got to share my knowledge. So I sat down. I did it. Some other goofball said, "Hey, John, this is pretty good. I like your commentary." And uh, after that, I just sat down and worked on it nonstop, essentially, for the next uh, three years or so. And so, uh, that's pretty much it. So it, it sounds like, to me, um, one of the things that really set you up well was your previous experience playing the game and helping people do that. Uh, you know, Hopefully, we'll get into a little bit of how that kind of works into what you do with the commentating. But um, I'm kind of curious, is, is do you think that was really the thing that set you up well, or do you think it was your commentating ability to, to kind of talk and off the cuff and be funny, or do you, maybe it was a combination of the two? Oh, definitely a combination of the two. I think a huge part of commentary for me is uh, pretty good at having conversations. 
which uh, in, a, in a nice way puts you pretty far above the pack in Smash Brothers. Some people focus too much on the game and don't sit and have a, a nice conversation with the person that they're casting with. Mm. But the combination of the game knowledge and the, the person ability, I guess, is definitely what did it for me. Perfect combination. Exactly. I think it's it's a pretty interesting occupation to get into. Yeah, I'm kind of curious, how has casting affected your life? Is it, you know, have you seen a lot of positive changes? Have you seen, or is it opened up new avenues? Do you have a whole new friend group? Like, how is how has things changed for you outside of just the casting? Well, I would say it's got it's brought me to so many different places. You know, I've been all along the East Coast. I've been out to the Midwest here and there. So that, you know, just traveling more to go to different events. I have a whole nother friend group in the Smash community. Even if the game doesn't get exciting or if it loses some of the excitement that it originally had, I still go and commentate and hang out and have fun and see my friends and what have you. And I would just say it's pretty much it. Great opportunities that I probably wouldn't have otherwise and a solid friend group. And it's just good work ethic, too. Because, you know, the commentary game is, uh, even when you're not at an event, you're still home, you're, you're putting your reel together, you are applying to other events. Uh, you definitely have to be on top of your work ethic. So that, that also helped as well. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, trying to approve in, in anything, it, it definitely takes a lot of discipline, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get a little bit into, you, you mentioned the, the Smash community. Uh, what What is that like for you? You know, is it a lot different from the community that kind of exists at Battlegrounds around a lot of these hobby shops? Or is it vastly different in some way? Does it remind you of maybe if you did sports in high school or something like that? Is it, you know, what, what is the community like? I would say there's definitely an aspect, pretty large aspect of it, that is very similar to the sort of camaraderie you'd get at a hobby shop or something like that. But something about it's its own. It's super unique in that the Smash community is built just by people in the Smash community. There's no help from, say, like a Wizards in regards to Magic. You know, there's no big hmm. tournaments that Nintendo is putting on. It's all people in the Smash community working together with other people in the Smash community to make it happen. So there's maybe like a, like an improved sense of camaraderie, but for the most part, it's just solid group of great people all getting together to do one thing they love. That's true in a lot of aspects and a lot of hobbies as well, but it's never not a good thing. Yeah, I think that's fascinating to hear that this is largely built on the shoulders of players through their passion for the sports, it you know, it sounds like it's like you said. There's there really isn't a lot of support coming from Nintendo. I, I think I've heard that there there is some you know weird licensing issues with doing Smash tournaments and stuff like that. And this is a little bit outside of what we plan to talk about, but I'm I'm curious, you know, what is what does that kind of look like right now? Uh, recently, more so in like late 2017, early 2018. There's been a bigger push. Nintendo has been partnering with more events, so it's sort of like support, but it's more like a you're you're all right to do your own thing. One of the more famous stories I'd say is uh, when Super Smash Brothers Melee won a donation drive to be on the main stage at Evo one year after just coming back, not having been at Evo for years. Nintendo sent a letter to the tournament organizer saying you cannot stream our game, 
obviously everyone was very mad because they had just won this huge donation drive specifically to stream Super Smash Brothers Melee on the biggest stage of all time. So the internet was very mad for about 24 hours. Nintendo said, all right, our bad. But it definitely showed a pretty big disconnect with like Nintendo and their consumer base. So they've been pretty good so far about rectifying that. And I think they're on the right path, but they don't have the best track record. Hmm. And that's really fascinating to me because I feel like a lot of companies at least should be very, very cognizant of you know, what their player base wants and what they can do to further their brand. Do you think that Nintendo is just so big and has so many other, you know, irons and fires other places that it doesn't really care about what Smash could become? Or do you think that it's just they, you know, they're like a bunch of older people that don't really understand what the community is about? Because you look at, uh, you've got like Blizzard as a company who's just pouring money into right. esports, trying to make Overwatch League like the next big thing. And it kind of sounds like mm-hmm. Smash has its own following, which is, you know, so indicative of the successful esports like uh, CSGO and Dota that you'd think that they would really want to just right. take any momentum that already exists and catapult that forward. And they really could do an amazing thing with providing support. Like if they wanted to, they could have huge tournaments and it could become a really big thing. Why do you think that they're so out of touch with that? I think it was just them not being with the times at first. Smash came a little before this like big boom of esports. Uh, usually I credit it to like League of Legends, you know, Riot Games put a bunch of money into building this sort of esports culture, I guess, almost. But uh, Super Smash Brothers had been around since the old days of like MLG tournaments back in like 2005 and so. And Nintendo at the time just said, this isn't what we want our game to be. We don't want like to associate our game with this weird sort of competitive nature. You know, Nintendo had this very family oriented image and esports wasn't as big as it is now. I think with the release of the new Smash, it, it'll be a different story, but Nintendo has sort of been moving into, like, all right, you got us. Esports <laughs> is a thing. Our bad. So I'm excited to see. Hopefully they're just on board in the future. So in, in as, like, a commentator, obviously that would be really beneficial if, if they did grow the space. Do you think that as someone who really understands the esports space, they'd be interested in, you know, would you be able to do a good job in, like, helping them navigate that space? You know, if, if they kind of reached out and said, hey, John Hoyt, we recognize our mistake. We, we really should have been going after this space. We, we, we heard this amazing podcast where you talked about it. Like, give us some feedback. What, what do you think you would tell them? Just uh, give us a hand, man, you know? <laughs> Just, they, there are people who have run tournaments for decades. They're very good at it. Honestly, at this point, just that Nintendo money might help. But. Oh, yeah. I feel like you know it, it would, wouldn't require a lot on their part right. to right. kind of really, really accelerate this. And um, like you said, it's, it's largely been built off the backs of you know, passionate players. So you know, hopefully, I, I would like to see that. I, I think it would be great if it does get big. You know, hopefully, that rising tide carries all boats, and we'll you know we'll get to see a little bit of more of you on the on the big Nintendo screen. Hopefully, man. <laughs> so, 
Really quick, there's a few last questions I want to want to ask before we get into the skills associated with doing commentary. We talked about the Smash community. We talked a little bit about Nintendo and what they're doing. For you, what is a what does a typical day of casting look like? From getting in the car and driving to the event to driving home, you know, what is what does that look like for you? Well, basically, show up at the event with plenty of time to spare. Mostly, uh, commentary schedules are set into blocks, so I will show up way before my block is due to start, because uh, I think an important part of the commentary is the storylines. So I'm basically looking at the rest of the tournament, seeing what sort of things are going on, things out of the ordinary, things I can add to my cast later. Maybe one player upset a much higher ranked player, something I could talk about if I see that player on the stream later, and things of that nature, pretty much just trying to uh, gather information about the event to get people excited for it when they hear me in my block later. So, and then and then you go into the casting. Is there any special prep work? Do, you know, do they do like a nice mic check when you transition? Is there like an interlude? Like, you know, what what's going on? How do you how do you get from being backstage to being in front of the camera? Well, in addition to sort of the, the information gathering that I do at the event, I do a lot of prep work before the event as well. So if a certain player is poised to make a, a good showing, I'll uh, definitely get some of their records against other top players that I could reference, definitely some of their placings at recent tournaments, things like that. So it's a lot of information gathering. And then it's uh, just sort of sitting down at the commentary desk, putting the mic on and getting into character. There's not a whole lot of uh, sound check, but I just sound that good all the time. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. So what is the thing that you enjoy most about casting? Obviously, you know, you talked a lot about how the Smash community is built on the passion of players, and I, and I assume that's the same for you. You know, what really keeps that passion alive for you? I just, uh, to put it simply, I really love Super Smash Brothers. That's what keeps me coming back, man, watching all of these, all the different combinations of players and characters and stages and events all work together is so great. It's always exciting. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a tournament, but wow, what a miserable time. <laughs> No, I'm sure it's tough for the competitors, for sure. But right, right. yeah, I, I think it's it's really cool to to be part of that competitive environment, and and I think that you're absolutely spot on when you say that the story of the tournament is really what people are interested in, mm-hmm. and and I think that that being part of that story and getting to tell that story is is must be really exciting for you. So, really? um, yeah, I, I, and I think you know I've I've watched a few of your your streams and. You know, I, I must say you are really good at that, and I think that does definitely set you apart. You know, we, we talked a little bit about hopefully Nintendo getting a little bit more involved and in, in improving the realm of of Smash Brother esports. Where are you hoping casting will take you? You know, hopefully that it gets bigger. But what what would be the next step? Well, um, it's a tough question. Casting right now is in a weird spot. It's not super sustainable by itself. Uh, so really, I just do it because I love it. And uh, the pay is a nice bonus. But I think I'm just going to keep at it, see what happens. Maybe if that Nintendo money comes through, I might make it a full-time project. But for the most part, it's uh, a passion project. And I'm super all right with that. 
is there um, you know anything else that you could get into that that kind of shares the same skill set that you know, you can kind of capitalize on? Like, are there other like getting into maybe magic commentating or some other maybe like uh, Street Fighter or some other you know fairly more well-known, I don't know if that's the case, well-known eSport uh, fighting game? Or is this kind of like your specialty and, and you're kind of happy to stick with it? Well, uh, I definitely could see myself moving to another game if I did decide to switch focus. But for the most part, I just kind of do the, the Smash Brothers commentary because I love it. If I'm, you know, am swept up in another game, I could definitely see me doing that game specifically. But I think showing up to talk about a game that you aren't super passionate about is a disservice to you and the people watching. So I would want to be all about something if I did switch to another game. And uh, I think for the most part, the only thing that's looking like that is probably the new Smash on the Nintendo Switch. So mm-hmm. that's And that's interesting to me because I feel like is the community going to just migrate to these newer versions of the game or does it pretty much stick with the classic versions. You know, I, I, I'm not too familiar with that aspect of it, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, for this one, um, almost everyone will probably just transfer to the new one. Smash Brothers itself is interesting because Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is the second in the series of the four, has a huge following that people are... No one is moving away from that. In fact, more people are playing that game that came out in 2001 than they were playing in 2001, right? Wow. <laughs> but... These newer games, uh, ever since Brawl, which was the third game in the series, and Super Smash Brothers for the Wii U, which was the fourth, uh, they pretty much have just moved on to the newest one as they come out. So I think everyone is planning on moving to the new one mm-hmm. when it does come out later this year. And, and is that because they are doing a better balance, job balancing characters? Is, is there's more diverse characters, you know, or is it just hey, it's the new thing, and you know, we're all interested to try it out and stay on the cutting edge? Uh, I think with between Brawl and Smash 4, uh, Brawl was just not doing well in terms of tournament attendance, uh, viewership, or drive to play the game at all. It was not doing well. So when the new one came out, everyone had a, a nice sigh of relief and said, all right, well, this, this is what we wanted. We wanted this new game. Finally, something to do. Uh, and everyone just was pretty good about moving on to that one. Whereas uh, Melee is just a crazy game on its own is nothing like the rest of the games in the series. And I think the uniqueness is why people went back to that. But for the most part, between Brawl and Smash 4, they were pretty similar. Smash 4 is probably the closest thing to a sequel that the series has felt. So people were all right with just moving on. Interesting. Yeah, It sounds like you could just talk forever, too, about all that stuff. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... You know, the next thing that I wanted to get into here was talking about the skills of of doing commentating. Um, and I expect this will be a nice educational moment for some of our listeners um, because I, f- I feel that uh, we're going to use you as a, a shining example of how to <laughs> how to conversate. Well, came to the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does it for a living. So we talked a little bit already about um, what you do as far as preparing and, and planning for your cast as when you, you mentioned that you kind of see what's going on so that you can incorporate that story into into your, uh, your commentating. What is, is there anything else that you do to warm up and get ready before you cast? Uh, I like to talk with my co-commentator, whoever that may be for the block that's coming up. 
see if they like if, if it's someone I haven't commentated with before, like to see what sort of role they would like to have in the cast. You know, sometimes there's a play by play guy who will describe the action as it goes on. Sometimes there's a color commentary guy who will sort of paint the picture of what each game or set or match means for the viewer. So I like to work with them, make sure we're both comfortable, just sort of talk with them normally to see what their cadence is in conversation, how they react to cues and whatnot. Um, Just kind of get ready, make sure we're both on the same page. And that's pretty interesting to me because I I feel like there is definitely – a flow to conversation, even, you know, just this podcast, I've realized that letting you have your time and, and kind of you do a really good job of being definitive when you end and allowing me to pick that thread up. So I I think that, that there definitely is something to say for having a nice continuous flow of conversation and kind of understanding what each person's role is going to be in that. Definitely. So when you are in the midst of commentating, what do you what do you focus on? Do you just kind of let yourself be in the moment and just it all kind of seems to work out? Or is there ideas or things that you're trying to move towards or kind of exhibit in your mind that you really want to, to have come through in the commentating? For the most part, I just play it by ear. If the game is taking a particularly slow pace, I'll try and talk about like the bigger picture sort of like what someone could do in the match to make things better for their situation, what they could look forward to in the other games coming up, what have you. Uh, And then when it gets to the heat of the moment, I just uh, let Jesus take the wheel. I just go nuts. I assume (laughs) whatever happens will be exciting enough for me to act excited, tell people what's going on, why they should get excited as well. And uh, usually it just works out for the most part. But Definitely try, like, during the action to focus on the play-by-play and then during some of the slower moments, focus on the bigger picture and then during some of the downtime, crack a few jokes here and there, keep everybody laughing. The last thing that I I wanted to ask you is, do you have any um, tips and tricks that you might want to share with with our listeners about, you know, how they could have better conversations or, you know, maybe even if they're getting into commentating or, or you know, they have to give a speech or anything where they have to stand up in front and, and, and be person making the words come out. You know, is, is there any, <laughs> is there anything that you would recommend in, in those scenarios, any tips and tricks for them? This sounds like the dumbest advice. I always preface the advice with that, but it's really just showing up and doing it over and over and over again. I've slowly realized throughout my life that like everything is just a constant thing that you have to work on. It's not, someone doesn't show up and they're great at commentary. Someone doesn't show up and just like have a great conversation with everyone they've talked to. It's really just practice and a lot of practice and constant practice really just over and over, never ending. So you, you only have a a little bit more time before you're uh, a complete master then you've been doing this for, for a long time. (laughs) Right, yeah. Thankfully, we all practice talking almost all of the time. (laughs) Exactly. All right, well, I want to thank John for coming on the show today as our first ever guest on Mm -hmm. Knowledge Transfer. Uh, It was great having you on, and uh, I feel like I learned so much about commentating and uh, the Super Smash Brothers esports culture. Thanks for having me, man. Glad I could talk. 
if uh, people want to follow you and learn more about you know what you do and and kind of maybe see some of your uh, some of your cast, where can they do that? On um, my Twitter and Twitch, it's uh, actual underscore garbage underscore. It's my <laughs> forgot that's my tag. <laughs> Um, it's all on there. Uh, if you want to follow me, take a look. Cool. That sounds great. And hopefully we'll get the chance to have you on again in the future. Um, and as always, you can find new episodes of knowledge transfer on SoundCloud or Google play. Please like comment, share, and subscribe. We will continue to provide you all with stimulating content and interesting guests like John. And that about wraps it up for us today. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Until then, keep it cerebral. Thank you.